Hi, good afternoon, ha happy Saturday. This is Adelita Grijalvan, happy new year. Um, I'm here with Betty Villegas, my friend. We are here having a platica. And what Betty has been gracious enough to do is square me in. And so we're gonna be doing this virtually. And um, throughout the campaign for Supervisor, we started hosting these platicas, these conversations with leaders in our community about issues that are impacting all of us. 2020 was a year with great challenges and loss. Our campaign was rooted in the sudden loss of a friend and advocate work for working families in our Sonoran Desert, Supervisor Richard Elias. And today I'm joined by Supervisor Betty Villegas, who stepped up to serve on the Pima County Supervisors last year and did an amazing job in continuing Richard's le legacy, but also in making her own legacy. Supervisor Villegas is the first Latina to serve on the Board of Supervisors. Um, Betty will continue to serve her community, and she's going to talk to us a little bit more about this as an executive director of the South Tucson Housing Authority. As a good friend, comadre to my mom and my predecessor, I couldn't think of a better person to swear me into office. Thank you so much, Betty, for your willingness to do this. And then in the second half of this um, hour, we'll be joined by other newly electeds. And we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like, what, what we thought it was going to be like during the campaign and um, what it is, what it's, what it's seeming like now. And so Betty has a copy of the oath. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask my family to come in. And um, so this is the first time we're putting them live. So this will be interesting. But we're going to go ahead and Betty's going to administer my oath. Are you ready, Betty? I'm ready. You got it? Okay. Okay, ready? And now we can go. Okay. I, Adelita, do solemnly swear. I, Adelita Grijalva, do solemnly swear. That I will support the Constitution of the United States. That I will support the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution and laws of the state of Arizona. And the Constitution and laws of the state of Arizona that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, and defend them against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and defend them against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and that I will faithfully and impartially discharge the duties, and I will faithfully and impartially discharge the duties of the Office of Board of Supervisors, District 5, of the Office of Board of Supervisors, District 5. According to the best of my ability. According to the best of my ability. So help me God. So help me God. Thank you. Congratulations. Congratulations. Hi, Couldn't stop giggling. This is what you mean. <laughs> This is Lito, Raul, and this is Adelina, and this is Sol, and we celebrated our 16th anniversary. So thank you guys. Um, I'm going to rearrange a little bit, but I want to thank you all. And thank you so much, Betty. We'll be right back in a second. Thank you, Betty. <laughs> oh, I thank you. It was an honor to have sworn you in, and I'm sorry I forgot to say your last name. <laughs> I was like, 
Agri, hello. <laughs> no, I was, I like, we noticed that. like plants, you know? Yeah. So, I didn't even notice that. And my kids just kept giggling and like they could not stop themselves. I'm like, oh my gosh. Anyway, so thank you. So now I just really want to chit chat about, you know, you accomplished a lot in the office in a very short period of time. And in not having officially started, you know, things start coming with Supervisor Adelita Grijalva. I know you felt that way too, where it's like Supervisor Betty Villegas, and they haven't really talked about, you know, what it is that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts here. And so I just want to know, now having had an opportunity to reflect back on what it was like, what are some things that you want to give me a little heads up on? <laughs> um, it well, you know, it was it was definitely an adventure for me <laughs> stepping into those big shoes that, you know, of course I'm never going to be able to fill them, but I really tried to focus what I was doing on what um a continuation of what Richard was was doing there before me, and I think that's that's probably the biggest difference between you know you coming in as as an elected official you know you're gonna have you're, you're gonna have a lot going on but with me um because i was filling in for someone i felt that it was really important to keep things as normal as possible in the office you know with staff you know and then keep get busy on on um trying to mitigate the the, the pandemic you know and that was really I think that's really what drove everything that we did. And then yeah. the fact that, that it brought out so many, um, so many other issues that were already, we know were already happening with the systemic inequities in our, in our, in, in our world, really, in the, in our, especially in the United States. Um, it was, it, it really brought those things to light. And I felt that I have, I mean, I'm, I had this moment of time to really address whatever I could, you know, and I felt that, that, that it was a, um, it, it was a crisis and, and that those things that needed to be addressed, uh, we worked on them, you know, staff. I mean, I had an, I, I had inherited an, a, a loyal, dedicated staff that, um, was willing to just go with me, you know, and so we did, you know, I think one of you know the 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 very first one of the very first items that i put on the agenda i think that's the other thing is you know the fact that you have control of of things you know that you can actually lead on and then that people actually listen <laughs> you know so being that i was an employee before you know that didn't always happen right so so um, it was it was interesting, but the very one of the very first things that I tried to do was um, that resolution that failed, and I was really bummed because it was like the, my first you know thing, and then it failed. Um, so I learned that you know don't think that because you think you're doing the right thing that everybody else is going to everybody else thinks you're doing the right that they should vote for it, you know. So. Yeah. So that was, you know, and, and that was the 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 um, the immigration one where I wanted a resolution to be real clear that anything that we're offering to um, to our community should include 
our immigrant undocumented uh, population. Regardless of immigration status, I would I would have voted for that, Betty. Just so you know. I know, I know, and you would have thought, right? I mean, yeah. So I mean, we don't want to get into <laughs> the, right. the details, but that one, and then the other one was uh, putting the the um, the cash bail thing on the agenda. Well, it never made it to the agenda because I was really, it was right after George, the George Floyd and it was really a, a horrible situation. And uh, the de defense services had talked to me about this um, resolution that they were working on to put on. And they had told me it was ready. And I said, let's do it. You know, this is the time to do it, right? The no right. cash bail justice reform. And then I realized that it hadn't been vetted by community and I thought, what what am I doing? You know, so I pulled it and waited. So I mean, there's a lot of learning that takes place, you know. Yeah. But um, you can't rush things. Is one of the things I learned. Yeah. And so, what are what are the things that you started or expanded upon that you want to see continue and grow out of District Five? Well, the main the, the main area that we really focused on was were the racism and inequities um, in our with systemic racism and systemic inequities within our own structures, and so we really focused on um, how do we bring those to light even more now, and that's another one that I felt this is the this is the time to do that, you know. And um, luckily, we we got at the same time that we were finishing up a report um, to show the inequities because I kept being told, "Oh, it's the the virus is only in congregate homes, and and you know those are the hot spots." And I kept saying, "No, it's not. You know, I it's in neighborhoods. It's in our it's it's in my district that I represent." that's where the hotspots are. So we were able to show that. And we did a report that, you know, I think I, I sent it to you, Adelita, to yes. look at um, staff and, and us, we worked on, on a report to really bring those inequities out. And we, I gave it to our incoming um, health direct, new health director. And um, she, she wrote, she really liked it. You know, I was really impressed that whoever we gave it to really, acknowledge that it was a good document, you know, so um, we finally got that passed and it didn't really have a lot of hoopla. I was, I thought, you know, Pima County just declared racism and inequities a public health crisis, but it didn't have, it didn't really have the hoopla that I thought it would have because we were only one of 50 counties that had done this you know, and and there was some really good background information that fortunately we had uh, other people um, looking into, you know, what other counties are doing, what other states are doing. And so for me, Adelita, I think real, and I know that that, that um, resolution is one of the most important documents that we have moving forward to ensure that we fix our systemic inequities and racism within our own, within our own, um, you know, structure, but then also 
be an example to the whole county on how to make things happen, um, how to stop these these inequities and these um, the the systemic racism that that occurs, and how to have that lens of health, public health in all policies, and that's critical. And it, yeah. You know, so that that's that would be the 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 one important thing for me the most important. Well, and I think what's interesting is when you look at the map, it's very evident that the hardest hit areas are in District Five, and there's a portion in District Two which is right next to District Five. I mean, you know, we have South Houston, and, and our zip codes are hit the hardest. Except when you look at the services and resources that are going out. To areas, I think because there's an assumption that um, District 5 overlaps with the city, so the city will take care of it. But quite right. honestly, it is our responsibility as the county to make sure that the resources are the same. And if we're overlapping with the city, that's okay because we're, we're more densely populated. So we need more resources. And I think that um, I anticipate that that's going to be a fight. I know that you were fighting and I know that I'm going to have to keep it up because um, you know, this isn't an equal, it's not equal. It has to be equitable. And that means that we get the resources, whether the city is, whatever the city is providing, um, you know, it's kind of irrelevant. It's like, it's more is better, especially when you're looking at the kinds of numbers that we're dealing with in our, um, in our communities. If you want to make it equal, you have to, you have to infuse more uh, resources and, and, and funding into those areas that are lacking. And and the same with our schools, right? I mean, that's, yes. that's the way it should be for our schools as well. Um, and everything, I mean, when you look at planning and zoning, you know, that's been a huge issue with just looking at, um, at the actual project instead of think, looking at it from the lens of how is this going to impact the people that already, already live there? And, right. Uh, um, you know whether it's where the, whether it's the people or the environment, right? So you have to yeah. really look at that, and, and is and how is that going to um, make it better? You know, for everyone. You know, not just for the developer, right? So right. <laughs> yep. It's going to be interesting because even now we see how often. We have situations where because the city and the county don't work as well as they should together, we end up having to try to mitigate things or do workarounds. And I, I really feel like that's going to be a very critical piece. It's actually the first item that I'm requesting on any agenda is to have a joint meeting with the city of Tucson and mayor. And then I added in Sawarita, Morano, Oro Valley, South Tucson, any of the municipalities where we overlap because we're gonna be talking about some really serious rollout um, concerns with you know, vaccine and testing and resources and making sure that they're all accessible. And I feel like that's critical, that critical piece is that we have to work together to be able to do that. And I just yeah. don't think that we have and hopefully that'll be like a little way into working together on some other issues, like permit, you know, big stuff. Um, Everything is connected, you know. It is. We're all one big community. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's no, 
there, there's boundaries, but there's no, there's not walls, right? No, <laughs> we don't have walls. And people migrate back and forth from Sawarita to the county, to the city. I mean, you know, Absolutely. it's like, hello. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, and it's true. And it's so, um, one of the things that I anticipate going in, and I'm going to ask you if this was an issue for you too, is that because people know who you are, it doesn't matter what district you represent. So you're like, I'm gonna call, <laughs> I'm gonna call Betty and ask her questions. And I'm sure that that happened to you often. And so I'm thinking about that with TUSD and with you know anything related to young people because that's what you do. And so people start, we'll just still call you up and ask you questions. I know I did. Um, so one of the one of the questions I want to ask you is, what is your favorite? What was your favorite part of representing District Five as a supervisor? Hmm. Um, you can list more than one thing. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, my my favorite part was 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 um just knowing that I was there because Richard wasn't, you know, and that I could I could really feel like that that spiritual vibe from that, you know, and that really guided a lot of what I did. And so that was, that was the, it was kind of the, the worst and the best of it, you know, like I hated the fact that I was there because he wasn't, but then I was glad that I was there because he wasn't, if that makes any yeah. sense. It does. But, yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, I think that, that, um, my next favorite part was just getting to know, the community like who the who the the squeaky wheels are <laughs> yeah. and then always with with that that lens of you know the this you you have to listen to the squeaky wheels and get them the information and and you know get to their issues but then behind them are people that aren't the squeaky wheels and though and so you you think how can you get to those people you know how can you know, we're only seeing the one, the the ones with a voice. What about the ones that don't have a voice? You know, right. so so trying to to find ways of doing that. So one of my favorite parts was forming the task force to do that. So tell us about the task force because I think that that's absolutely something I'm going to continue. Um, yeah. But I I want to know what, what tell everyone what that task force was about. So, so one of the things that was happening when I first got there also was the messaging on the virus, right? And and how bad it was, and 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 what we were we were supposed to be doing, you know, wearing the masks, you know, the safe distancing. It just seemed that it wasn't getting to the people in the hotspots in our district that that needed it the most. And a lot of them, you know, were um, obviously they were working class people, you know, essential workers. And so um, they weren't on social media. Right. right. So um, so we needed to find their voice. You know, why are they not listening to what's going on and how can we be better at that messaging? And so going to our communications department really um that was a that was one of my very first fights too is trying to get somebody there that could be more culturally relevant to our side of of town to give us the messaging that was needed so um 
we were able to to contract with Raul Aguirre to do that for us, uh, which was really nice. And um, and but we still needed, you know, there was still this this disconnect. And so what I decided to do is is go out to different community leaders that worked within their jobs with the public, with the voice, the ones that don't always have a voice and um, brought them together. And I asked um, uh, District 2 if they would like to form this task force with us and they did. And so Jennifer um, Ekstrom was instrumental along with Amanda Monroy, those were the two that really got this group going. They they selected people, we selected people, brought them together, and we started listening. And some really good things came out of that. I mean, it was just amazing, you know, just to hear, you know, some of the ideas. And still to this day, so I'm so glad that you're going to continue that because I think the people that we have on there are um, are all, you know, they're they're all contributing. Um, something to to that group and you you know it's a group that can be expanded to so many other things as well yeah no i'm and, and it makes so much sense because we're so close together and because we do um represent so many people who like you said just don't feel like they have a voice you always hear from the people who know how to maneuver the system right you they know how to make the phone calls and the emails it's the stuff that we couldn't do and still can't do going out to community meetings, going out to fiestas, and when people just kind of approach you and start talking to you about issues that you might not even know exist until you have an opportunity to see people face to face and talk to them. And that is actually one of the reasons why I started doing this, but you highlight a really good point where we're assuming that somebody has social media access and they don't all do that. So how are we mm -hmm. gonna continue to talk to people. And I think that that's gonna be one of the important things that I, I, I know that it was very important to you with bringing on Raul and something that I have to continue is how do we reach out to our Spanish speaking communities that are not gonna, you know, they might not check into some of this other stuff, but they're dealing with issues that we might not know about. And so I think it's really important. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I do think that um, what has been really interesting for me is watching you during the meetings and um, the fact that, you know, you were able to go into the boardroom and our first meeting is going to be virtual, which is, it's all virtual, which is really great. I know, I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad about that. Um, and I know that this is a hard transition for everyone at the county because I think this is the first time that you've had three new supervisors. As far as people can remember, three brand new ones coming in at one time. So people are starting, trying to like feel us out and see what it is that we're interested in doing. And so it's gonna be very interesting. But um, in regards to you, I understand that retirement is not in your future. And so can you talk a little bit about what you're gonna be doing? And we're very lucky as a community, I wanna say, as your, as your friend, as someone who really respects you um, and admires you, the fact that you're not, you're gonna continue to do more service for our community is a really great thing for all of us but tell us about your new gig so um i will be the um executive i don't i, I can't remember the the official word for word but basically the director of the public housing authority for south tucson 
Excellent. which is all their um, their public housing, all the, the units that um, have um, uh, assisted funds from HUD. So it's a it's a federal uh, program, if you will, that I'll be managing uh, and overseeing, making sure that all the residents have um, what they need, that that their units are 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 safe, decent, and um, and that you know they have other supporting resources. And you know, I'm really excited because I've never actually, you know, I've done a lot of housing work in my lifetime. And this is the first time that I'll be working specifically with public housing. And so I'm, I'm excited about learning that even at my age, I'm, I'm learning something new that I think I can, I, can, um, I can have that different lens, you know, of not being able, not ever having worked in it, but I can bring a different lens to it to try to, try to make some positive, positive changes if they need to be made. You know, um, yeah, and I think that one of the biggest issues, especially with this pandemic, has been the fact that the virus spreads to so many members in the same household because very rarely do people have another place that they can go where they're not going to expose other family members or friends. And so, you know, you having come just like right from the midst of the problem and identifying the problem in, in the county to being able to then affect some change is great. And you have a lot of really wonderful um, facilities that are underutilized and, you know, kind of have gone into disrepair around South Tucson that could be those kind of isolation areas. And so it's, I think it's going to be a really good thing for all of our community members for you to be able to be there and speak to both uh, those concerns. Yeah, that one of, one of those things I want to do is bring in the mobile test um, unit to do testing on all the tenants, and then if we do have um, issues with 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 the virus, which you know there's a I think there's 176 units, um, then you know I'm looking at how many vacant units do we have, and can we use those to isolate family members? That, are in you know in multi-generational households or don't have a big enough space to, to isolate. So yeah, because I am coming in with that mentality. But then you know I'm I'm looking forward to the recovery phase as well though. You know, I think there's uh -huh. real you know opportunities for improvements for everything that we do in including a lot of the housing issues that are coming up. Mm -hmm. you know, so well, I know I'm gonna be bugging you about those because I I know um, I'm very, very comfortable in talking about certain issues and there's other issues that I know I have some homework to do. And at least I know I can call you. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, here. I'm only a phone call away uh, or a Zoom away or a Zoom away. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm really glad. I hope that that we made the transition easier, easy for you and, and your and Elvira. You know, having Keith there is is going to be a, a a real a real blessing or asset for you because you know Absolutely. Keith it was very important to the process you know on how to how to you know how to get things on the agenda and and when there's things on the agenda you know he reads everything at first and then he'll get if if there's something yeah. he doesn't understand you know he he definitely does a lot of the homework. 
and then you know whatever questions you have he'll do the home more homework you know for you so you know he yeah. can teach you and elvira and whoever else um did you decide on your other um, we have yeah i'm hoping like she starts in um two weeks and so i'm hoping that our next platica will be like here's the faces of the office so you can get to oh, know good. them yeah so we're gonna yeah. have a team of there's gonna be four of us total to yeah. start and then we'll see but the weird thing is is you know we're moving offices from where you were and where richard um, was and my dad was we're totally moving and i haven't even seen that space yet <laughs> because you know it's the holidays and i wanted to isolate so i can hang out with my family so yeah. trying to balance out um i think i i really appreciate the what a lot of our employees are going through in trying to balance out this need to work and this real strong desire to try to keep your family safe you know during the holiday yeah. season and it's just it's it's a real balancing act that i'm very fortunate i have the opportunity to do but i understand that a lot of people don't so well the only yeah. the only other thing that i wanted i want to let you know is um the staff that was there are all still staying with pima county and yay so the fact that you know them more than you know just passerbys you know them more intimately yes. um is going to be a real asset for you because you've got somebody that's at the health department. You've got somebody else that's in social work at the at the constable's office. And then you have somebody that's going to be in housing at the at the community development office. So all three of them are in critical positions that are going to be important to you as you move forward, you know, for uh, for any information that you may need or, you know, yeah. just allies in general. And um, and as I told um, my staff before, and I think I told you, um, once a D-fiver, always a D-fiver. So, yeah. <laughs> and then you have Andrea, even Andrea Tamirano and many others that are still around. He's already called me. I, my husband, Sol, used to work for D5. Andres exactly. worked for D5. And I, I know it's a little small world. And so actually everyone that I can remember being a part of the office has, has called me and said, you just let me know if you ever need anything. So it is, it's true. It feels very much like family. So I'm very appreciative of everything you did for this community. I know it was a very hard um, to step into the position. And so, um, you know, just thank you so much for everything that you've done. And please feel free to text me, call me, anything you hear that you're like, hey, you need to get on this. I'm, you know, I respect you very much. I love you. I'm very appreciative of everything. Thank you. Thank you, Adelita. And I love you too. And I wish you the best and I look forward to following your legacy because you know I know that you you are gonna have your own path and and it's gonna be it's it's gonna be awesome just watching watching you. In well, you know what's funny is at TUSD they would say you know because there were there were people that were still there from when my dad was on the board and so I can't tell you there were a few meetings where they're like Mr. Grijalva and I'm like. Me? Because <laughs> we were just in the habit of doing the roll call. And so it happened a couple of times. So at least here, it's just supervisor we had. So they might be thinking about my dad, but at least they'll be <laughs> the right name. 
<laughs> well, thank you, Betty. I know that you have a comadre Zoom um, with my mom, actually, and a couple of your other friends. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining. And then we're just going to transition into um, with all the new elected. So I want to thank you so much for swearing me in. Uh, yes, thank oh, you, David. And I, and I congratulate all of you who are going to be on the show today. And I look forward to um, watching all of you. It's going to be exciting. Thank you. And it is, and I think you know all, everyone's text. So there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank all you. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.